welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I am your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 167. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, uh, as well as various other streaming platforms. Uh, send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, hit me up on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei, and you can also find my co-host on Twitter at GC Zeus. And speaking of, as always, I'm joined with my co-host, Anti-Cool. What's going on, man? <sighs> God, I kind of forgot how much, like, mainstream sports covering MMA sucks, but kind of mainstream sports media sucks. Yeah. <laughs> what? When I got a, I got a text alert. Uh, I, was, I get ESPN notifications, and I, I got a notification saying uh, uh, Stephen A. thinks, and I was like, "Oh, nope, not reading that one." <laughs> Click clicking off of that one, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, uh, Con- Connor brings out all of the the experts who only watch MMA two times a year. It's really funny because. Um... I can't remember who it was. Um, it, it was, you know, it was it was Mike Wilborn or the other guy um, from um, Pardon the Interruption. That, no, it's a PTI, which is the one with the the old white guy and Mike Wilborn, and they just sit there and they talk yeah, to one a, another for like yeah, Pardon the Interruption. All right, yeah. yeah. Um, this was like a decade or two ago, um, and not not two. Um, it was like it was over. Yeah, this was over ten years ago. I remember it was before I started watching MMA. They were they were talking about like, oh, you know, why the hell we call it MMA just so like the people who watch Randy Couture twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was something along those lines, and it's, that's always stuck with me, especially now that the UFC is on ESPN, and it's like, oh, you guys don't, you none of you care. Yeah. I mean, like, let's be real. None of these people actually watch the sports that they talk about every day. They get fed notes on the games, and that's it. Like, no one's at home, like, watching Duke play, like, Butler and then flipping to, like, the Lakers play uh, Dallas. Like, and doing that for, like, 10 games every night. You know what I mean? I mean, to their credit, you can't watch every game. Like, <laughs> literally, there's not enough time. But at the same time, like, then why not just have, pe- like, then why have, like, one person talk about it in, with such authority? Yeah. You feel me? Like, it's, like, uh, like, you know, me. I like, I like the X's and O's of, like, sports, or you know, at least combat sports. And there's only so much, um, 
LeBron James doesn't have the clutch gene that I can take as sports analysis or, or, or things of that nature. It's just, come on. Yeah. Sports commentary, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, it's fun sometimes, and then other times it's kind of like, it can be exhausting to listen to. And it's like, why are we, I don't know. It's weird. It's all weird. But somehow we still tune in and listen to it. Well, I don't, but a lot of you guys do. I catch 15-second clips and go on about my day. <laughs> my, step, my stepbrother is a big Skip Bayless fan. I am just... Why? <laughs> Why would you do that to you? And you know what, though? Like, I think I ended up warming up a little bit to Skip only because I started to realize, like, oh, he doesn't really believe most of these things that he says. It's just a... a I was going to call it a shtick, but... A gimmick. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a gimmick. He's a character. Like, I I respect Skip Bayless for basically just highballing the shit out of Fox <laughs> and getting them to pay him $25 million to just sit there and speak nonsense. Right. <laughs> yeah, Skip. Skip but is I, a wild I, man. But, like, even, like, I, I get that his whole thing is to act in bad faith, but, like, you're still acting in bad faith, and uh, it's... It's like I I I don't get how, how, like why am I supposed to care about this man's opinion? He, yeah. Just because you put him in a suit and he has like a desk. I have a desk. <laughs> Not a two. I, I, I have a suit. I got one. <laughs> I I'll, I I'll, 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 I'll be on ESPN with the same suit every. Like I I'll never. Forget that uh, who was it? Roger Mayweather or Floyd Mayweather Senior who was on his show, and he looked dead and he looked dead in Skip Bayless's eyes and asked, "Do you know what a cross counter is?" And Skip Bayless like, "No, that's just a term you made up." <laughs> and I, I died. Hey man, that's what he gets paid the big bucks for. <laughs> <laughs> Really, just like mediocre people with hot takes. That's why Brendan Schaub's podcast is popular. Like, Lord. Uh, on, on that note, yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, shout out to the listeners, man. Uh, wherever you are in the world, Twitter folk, Tumblr folk. Uh, shout out to the people who uh, uh, left a few comments under the um, I think the award show episode we did. Uh, so good, good to know some people were, were listening. Glad, glad you guys enjoyed it. Wait, like um, on YouTube? Uh, on SoundCloud, I want to say. Okay, okay. Couple, couple, couple I was going to say, like, the last time we got a YouTube comment, it was somebody called Michael Chandler or Can Crusher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, people seem to enjoy the, uh, the award show episode, so I appreciate that. Um, and speaking of the listeners, oh, Lord, hold up. Top, uh, Cities for the week. This would load up. There we go. Uh, number one, Mountain View, California. Number two, Silver Spring, Maryland. Number three, Bronx, New York. Number four, Vista, California. <laughs> number five, once again, uh, Brooklyn, New York, making their return. Uh, so shout out to you guys. Appreciate you. Share, like, uh, send to your postal workers and you know coworkers, managers, whoever, whoever you want to send it to. Make sure they listen. Um, 
So, for today's episode, we will be covering, of course, what is this, UFC 246. Uh, we'll get to some news and notes, which actually have a pretty decent amount of fight announcements uh, and news. Uh, and for our What's On Your Mind segment, we'll get to that. Uh, I have an announcement to make. <laughs> um, I don't know how you guys are going to take this, but have an announcement. Um, but you know what? I want you to kick off the What's On Your Mind segment first because I feel like I'm going to. I might bring down the mood a little bit. Break some hearts. Yeah, I might I might break some hearts. I might cause some heartache. Uh so I'll let you kick off the what's on your mind segment. <sighs> um I don't know. I, I think most of what was on my mind is just what has is related to this card. Um yeah, like it's always good to see people have like emotional reactions to the sport, um, if they're nonsensical, you know, um, and you know, wrapped in almost fanatic cult, uh, cultish <laughs> behaviors. behaviors and attitudes. But like this whole week is just a reminder that fucking. Maybe the the fact that the that, like the biggest names in the sport are also like some of the trashiest people in the sport <laughs> doesn't cultivate a good audience uh, or an enjoyable audience, I guess. Um, I'm still upset about Godella Agrasso not happening. Yeah, that I was that was one of the fights I was looking most forward to, and it's like, gee, she missed by what five or six pounds? Yeah, according to Dana White, she got so jacked because Carlos Barca kept taking her down. So her response was to get really jacked, and she didn't realize she got so jacked that she couldn't make one fifteen anymore, mm. which is hilarious. Well, actually, you know, when I get the news, I didn't write it down, but I remembered a little blurb about her that I'll. Uh... That I'll bring up. Yeah, that that did suck though. We had to lose that fight because that was gonna be on the main card, right? Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. that was my most anticipated fight. Um, other than that, you know, not much on my mind. Um, I'm reading this book. Um, or reading. I'm listening to an audio book before I actually go out and buy it and physically read it and take notes because I'm a uh, I'm a nerd. Um, but I want to get the author's name before I just read out the title. Um, the Pope and Mussolini, The Secret History of Pius XI and the Rise of Fascism in Europe by David Kurtzer. Um, and it is fascinating, and it includes all the things that you would think a book about fascism, Mussolini, and the Pope would. Including, like, pedophilia, um, Hitler, uh, it is mainly those two things. Which, I'm not going to say caught me completely off guard, but I'm like, wow, did not expect that turn. I don't know, I feel like people were crazy back then. I mean, people are always crazy, but, <laughs> like, I feel like there's so much that happened, like, back then that, like, we hear about crazy stories here and there, but I feel like we even haven't even scratched the surface of how, like, wild stuff probably was so, oh, so uh, uh, let me give you like a, a really 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 quick and simplified um 
breakdown of what I've read so far because I'm only slightly past halfway in the book. Um, so Mussolini gets a bunch of angry World War One veterans in Italy all riled up, and they start this fascism political party that basically is just a bunch of young dudes with guns, and they run around the country terrorizing everybody. But Italy's in such disarray that there's no one to stop them. And eventually the king is just like, you know what? If you guys stop. But no, actually, he doesn't even like give him a pretense. He's like, you know what? I'll make your prime minister because like Italy sucks and we need somebody who is going to like be the strong man to get everybody in order. And there's a church political party and the church is like, you know what? Fuck that party. We're going to join with the fascists because they have a strong man and we like strong men because at this point the church is very often like often um authoritarian um and basically the the book is the pope and um Mussolini going back and forth basically the pope being like you can't just keep having your fascist goons attack catholic priests and Mussolini being like I don't know what you're talking about I, oh, yeah, it's a whole lot of that. But he keeps siding with Mussolini because he wants the Catholic Church to be like important in in fascist Italy. Uh, but the wildest story in the whole entire book is that the Pope and Mussolini, like, so seventy years prior to the book, Italy was unified, and part of this unification involved them taking over Rome, which was technically the Pope's. And the Vatican's. So up until this point, the Pope had... Uh, so for those 70 years, the Pope had declared themselves political hostages. And they refused to leave the Vatican without the... Um, without Italy giving back Rome, which was never going to happen. Because why would they? Um, so the Pope couldn't really be seen talking with Mussolini... Because that would validate the Italian government, which you know the the Vatican didn't want to do. So they had an in between. This random bishop or cardinal, um, whose name escapes me, um, but apparently, like, um, this cardinal got stabbed in the neck in his own office, and he was try- so. At this point, the church was very uh, like anti-Semitic, but they refused to like just like straight up say they were anti-Semitic. Um, and they believed in all the same shit Hitler did. You know, like, the Jewish financiers are controlling the world and they're going to make the whole world Jewish or whatever. And um, the, 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 this bishop who got stabbed in the neck was pushing that. Like He was like, this is an anti-fascist, anti-Catholic um, conspiracy by the Jewish people to stab me and murder me. Because everybody knows I'm the go-between between Mussolini and the Pope. And he was trying to get the police to believe him. But the police were like, no, this is not even remotely true. Um, turned out this, this bishop just had a relationship with this 15-year-old boy and they got into a fight in his office and the boy took one of his, one of the, the bishop's like letter openers and accidentally like slashed his throat. Ugh. Yeah. Um, and they knew this because the boy went to the hospital with the bishop. He was in the waiting room for like three hours Although the bishop was getting worked on, and everybody knew who Jeez. he was. <laughs> yeah, I just I cut his throat on accident, man. I slipped over the chair. Well, no, they were like having like a heated argument about something. Yeah, but you can't tell the doctor that. 
Yeah. How did this happen? Like, eh, you know. And and then there was like a part of the book where like Mussolini blackmails the Pope because there's just a bunch of priests in Italy who are you know pedophiles, and he's just like, dude, like, you're you're over here complaining about me not doing this thing, and I'm over here defending your boys, even though they're out here touching on like kids. And it was just like it, the the book is fucking wild. History is great. It's so much stranger than anything you could come up with in fiction because it actually happened. History's filthy. A bunch of dirty old, dirty old men, just <laughs> just a heap of dirty old men like the, the, doing dirty old men things. Like I just got past the chapter where the Pope was like bothering Mussolini because he's like, I don't want there to be girls gymnastics in Italy because because they wear like you know the leotards and everything. He's like, it's shameful, and Mussolini's just like, dude, shut up. <laughs> Shut up and let me be a fascist dictator. Yeah. 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 Yeah, go brush up on your history, folks. Read about the uh the dirty old men of the past. Yeah, I, I, and the dirty old men of the present. They're they're still here. Yeah. They haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the people who visit Jeff uh Jeff Epstein's uh house are still alive. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, a whole nother story. Right, so sorry to eat up so much time, but Sensei, what is on your mind? Uh boy, I didn't uh, prepare a speech uh, or anything for this. Um, guess there's really no other way to kind of beat around the bush. Um, I well, I'll, I'll preface this by saying um, I'm going to do another episode this week uh, explaining this decision probably in further detail. Um, And there's no beef. (laughs) You know people are wild. You know. There's no no tension. I don't hate the anti-cool because he went to go see Cats. And I decided (laughs) that that was the final straw. (laughs) Hey, if... Sensei, if that if that was the actual thing that drove a wedge between <laughs> you, you know what? Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, I've been uh deliberating, sitting on this for a while. Like it's been literally some months, like probably about a good five months, going back and forth. Um, and I've decided um, this is probably going to be the last uh, year of the podcast. Um, we've been on this for, what, three years now? Mm-hmm. Um, had a, a pretty, pretty good run. Um, this life priorities and, and things are, are changing. Um, it won't be an instant, like, shutdown, like, this isn't the last episode, but I can say after this episode... Uh, we're we're gonna be a little more spread out. Um, I'll just say for the listeners, uh, probably from now until uh, what is it, April, when Habib and Tony is, yeah. uh, we'll probably just only cover pay per views. So that means you'll have us for um, we'll have us for Jones and Reyes. Uh, we'll come back for Adesanya and Romero in March. Uh, well, then we'll come back for Habib and Tony. God willing, knock on wood, that happens in April. Um, and then 
uh, me and Antaku talked off air. We'll have a, a special official last episode probably after Habib and Tony. Um, that I'll, you know, I'll let you guys know closer to when we get there. But, um, yeah, the, the podcast is going to slowly start pretty much winding down. So probably by, probably by May, I would say, um, the doors of the dojo, uh, they'll, they'll probably be closed for a while. Um, not to say that the show won't ever come back, but if it does, it probably won't be in this same format. But as of now, for the immediate future, pretty much until further notice that we do our official last episode, uh, the Dojo Talk podcast will be ending after uh, a nice, fun three-year, three-year extravaganza that we've had on this. episodes. Yes, yeah, we've we've been around, man. We've been around for a while. Um, but yeah, it'll it'll be to an end. Um, and like I said, I, I I'm not gonna go into full detail. Uh, this episode, but I'm going to record a separate episode kind of detailing what my thought process and stuff has been up until this point that led me to this decision. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, for those who have listened, if you're a first-time listener, uh, my bad. Um, <laughs> we, I mean, we'll be back, but it just will be kind of sparingly here and there. But like I said, we'll be back for pay-per-views, but uh, we'll slowly be winding down, man. Uh so, but I appreciate anybody, man, everybody who's listened up to this point, uh, you know, and special shout out to, you know, Joey Stokes, uh, all, all the Tumblr people who've been down since like day one, uh, Monte, who, who else is out there? I'm really bad with names. Uh, and all, all the Tumblr folk, cause y- y'all are kind of like where we started. Like that was kind of the, the groundwork. And then I expanded a little bit to Twitter, so on and so forth, but. So shout out to everybody, man, who's been listening. Shout out to my homie Jay uh, out there in Florida. Uh, I had a nice long talk with him kind of about this, and we, we went back and forth on some ideas. Um, but no, shout out, shout out to him. Yeah, just just thank you guys for listening, man, for, for this long. But, you know, don't leave permanently. We ain't, we ain't gone yet. Still got a couple episodes left, but things are just going to slowly wind down, and then by May this will, uh, this will be over. All right, got the depressing <laughs> news and, and and such out the way. Um, let's get on to some news and notes, fight announcements of the week. Um, I'm gonna run through these fight announcements, and then some of these I'm sure we'll go back and talk about because we got we got a couple heavy hitters. Um, fight announcements. UFC 248. Israel Adesanya has his next title defense in line. He'll be fighting Yoel Romero. Um, being targeted for UFC 250 is going to be Jose Aldo versus Henry Cejudo. Uh, the headline of UFC London will be uh, Tyron Woodley returning uh, against Leon Edwards. And at UFC, uh, I think headlining that card will be Kevin Lee versus Charles Oliveira. And also on that card, we'll have Hanato uh, Moicano, who's mo- moving up to lightweight. He'll be facing Demir Hadzovic. Um, over at Bellator, we'll have Tyra Fortune versus Timothy Johnson. Uh, this is at Bellator 239. And also on the same card, uh, Denise Kilholtz versus Christina Williams. And give one championship some love. Um, at one, <laughs> King of the Jungle. I don't think that's the name they've used yet. Um, Sexy Yama's back. Yoshihiro Akiyama versus Sharif. 
Muhammad had one king of the jungle. Um, so I guess we got to talk about the big three, maybe even big four if you want to count Lee and Oliveira. Uh, just just some quick bullet point thoughts. Uh, what 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 was your thought? You saw the the Adesanya Romero uh, headline. Um. All right. Uh, um, I uh, this is gonna sound t- bad because you know what I'm fine with it because I thought Romero won against Costa, um, and arguably beat Robert Whitaker, um, and 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 if they're really not going, if Costa's not gonna be healthy in time, um, for you know in, in a timely fashion, I'm fine with um. Romero getting the uh, the title shot. It was because it came, it came down to him and um, Cannonier basically, right? Because I, I can't think of anybody else in that discussion in the division. Uh, let me see, Romero, Cannonier, uh, I guess Till, but Till's yeah, he he'd be the only other name just because of his name. Yeah, and he's won one fight in like those last three which i guess you could hold that against romero as well but um i think it's stylistically a really interesting matchup um romero is a pressure fighter um i like i i can easily see adesanya like cruising on romero but then romero just like doing what he did with Machida and just hitting a blast double and deciding to go hard for 30 seconds and getting the fight finished. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And Romero's basically just the, the last wrestler at the top of this division. Um, and we've never really seen Israel Adesanya against a competent, pressuring uh, wrestler. Um, you know, Jerry Brunson, from the start of that fight, looked like he wanted out. Um, so uh, I, I don't really count that. Um. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm fine with it. I like it better than the the other fight with the guy who lost multiple fights in a row. Um, for a bunch of different reasons, but um, yeah, no, I'm I'm cool with it. Um, I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. Like, I don't uh, for the most part, it doesn't look like Israel. To, uh, not Israel. Um, Romero has lost a step, and even if he had doesn't look like it's been like a dramatic drop off like we've seen with other dudes who've lost multiple fights in a row so yeah he's still he's still yeah he's still yeah he's a ridiculous freak athlete um it makes for an interesting fight um i i feel bad for cannoneer because you know, like I, honestly i think he's the only other dude who really deserved the title fight given the circumstances but his hands and it's the fight that izzy wanted so yeah yeah I was conflicted. <laughs> I feel weird about giving somebody a title shot coming off of a loss, albeit it was a close fight. Um, I'm not even like a huge Cannoneer fan, but I'm trying to keep <laughs> some kind of order in the sport, which there is none. I guess I just have to come to grips with that. Um, I felt like he deserved it. Like he, He's been out here making a name for himself. And if we really went in, like, the next man up order, I feel like he should have really gotten that shot. Albeit, on paper, that's not, like, a sexy fight. Um, but just to establish some kind of, like, hierarchy. 
But if I take all that aside, which kind of sucks, um, just looking at the fight, I guess, for what it is, it is an interesting matchup, like you said. Romero, who may, may have lost a few fights as of late, but still an interesting style matchup for Adania. Like, like you said, Romero might, <laughs> he might get styled on for the first three rounds. And then in round four, he wakes up and... This right. <laughs> like, <laughs> the fight could completely turn. He literally just needs one moment. Um, and it, it would be interesting to see, because it, he's been pretty happy to just kind of throw hands and feet lately. It would be interesting if this would be the fight that Romero actually got back to using his wrestling. Um, I, I, I'd be interested to see how that, that turns out. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I wanted to see Cannonier get the shot because I, I think he's earned it. But from what I'm hearing, um, they, we might end up getting Cannonier till um, because Robert Whitaker had to pull out. Um, which all the best to Robert Whitaker. I don't know what's going on with him right now, but it it it, it seems kind of. It doesn't sound. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's nah. hurt. It just sounds like he's got some real life like issues. Some something outside of the cage that's going on with him. Um, I, I think it's a family yeah. thing. Like I think somebody's family like. I'm... Yeah, so, so, something's going going on with him, and I, I don't know what it is, but. Because I, I don't envision, I, I don't think, like, Whitaker's like one of the toughest dudes ever. Like, dude's like an Iron Man. He's not somebody who I, I would never associate him with ducking anybody, with pulling out of a fight because of some, like, random reason. Like, if he's not fighting and he's not injured, it's it's probably something serious. So, just prayers and to him, to, to whatever he's, he's, he's got going on. But I, I guess because Till stepping in as a replacement to fight Cannoneer, I actually really do like that matchup. So when I put the whole story together, I guess I'm not too mad at the fight, even though I, I, I still think Cannonier earned that shot. But because of the style matchup and the fact that I think Romero actually does have like a legit chance to win, eh, I guess I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, yeah, like in a just world, Cannonier would get that shot. Three fight winning streak, three knockouts, or three stoppages anyway. Um, but you know, you always get, yeah, yeah, uh, some, sometimes, sometimes life ain't fair. Things just don't break the way you want them to. All the, all those who though. Um, that's, a yeah. Bad fight. And, oh, it, it hurts me to say this cause I love, I love Aldo, man. One of my all time favorites. Listen, man, I know we love Aldo. I know we love Aldo, but we gotta stop. <laughs> we gotta stop this, man. Like. He didn't earn this shot, man. And kind of different. I think what makes this kind of worse than the Romero situation is that, like, like Costa was injured, so you couldn't do Costa. Um, and, like, kind of had Cannoneer in the wing, I guess. But I feel like with Aldo, like, I didn't think he won. Um and even I don't know, it just just something about this fight just it kind of just bothers me. Like I get it, like he did perform better at uh at one thirty five than I think a lot of us thought he would. Like there were a lot of questions going into that Marais fight. And he did he did, he looked pretty good. But 
I, I, if I'm really being honest with myself, as as a, a, a diehard Aldo fan, I can't say that that performance was 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 good enough to reward a title shot. I, I can't honestly say that. Now, don't get me wrong. If Aldo wins, <laughs> I'm yelling and screaming. I'm not gonna lie. But like, yeah, in a division where you have guys like Jan, um. Aljamain, like, there are other great fighters who are on winning streaks, who have clearly shown that they're ready for a crack at the title that should be ahead of Aldo. Like, it's, it's just kind of that simple. As far as the matchup, can Aldo win? Maybe. I want to see him win as much as I don't think he deserves a shot. And I can't really blame Aldo. It's not his fault. Like, if somebody calls you and say, hey, you want a title shot, you're not going to say no. <laughs> so like you know it, it yeah. is what it is can he win maybe will he win i don't know man uh, i think this might be one of those fights he might have some some good moments early on but i think eventually he might get over he'll end up getting overwhelmed um not yeah not a huge fan of this matchup just because I would, I would, I really wanted to see Cejudo and Aljamain, or definitely uh, Cejudo and Jan. So I'm not a huge fan of this matchup. But if Aldo wins, I love Aldo, so I'll be screaming at the top of my lungs. But I just, I don't know. I, I, I somehow I don't feel like it's gonna end well for him. Yeah, I don't like this fight. Um, like. Uh... I don't even like I, I I didn't think Aldo looked all that great. Like he looked better than like he, he didn't get knocked out, which is what I thought would happen. Like a you know, a quick first down knockout, but he did get hurt three times in the same round. Um and when Marlon Rice decided to plant his feet and throw, he did hit him. Um and a lot of that fight was just Aldo tanking damage while marching down Marlon Rice and you know, occasionally showing us, you know, the slips and stuff that um that we saw at uh, him do at Featherweight, but like Henry Cejudo is just going to march Jose Aldo down. He's not going to be like he's not going to give Jose Aldo the space that Marlon Rice did. Like I, th- this is different from the Joe <clears throat> Romero fight for me because one like I, Romero got put through the ringer pace-wise when he fought Costa. And he, like I said, he looked good, and he looked like he should have won. The the Aldo-Morais fight was Morais basically letting Aldo into the fight by just being scared off by pressure. And maybe that's like, a, like maybe that's like, maybe I'm being unfair to Aldo here, but I don't like this fight for him. Um, I don't like the cut for him. He looks like death on the scale. It's only going to get worse. Like he's like thirty something. Like he's like thirty three years old or something. It's not like the cut's going to get easier for him just because he did it once. He's got a ton of mileage on his body, um, as is. Um, yeah, I, I I don't like this fight for Aldo. Um, and unlike. 
um, middleweight where like, it's basically just like, oh, the, the the guy got hurt, so um, we're just gonna throw the next guy up. Like, the next guy up was Peter Yon, Peter Yan or Aljamain Sterling, and they're both getting, you know, left behind for a dude whose prime was at a different weight class. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Like I said, not, not a fan of the matchup, but uh, if he wins, yeah, I'll be big happy. win. Yeah, I'll win. definitely be happy. Yeah. I, uh, but I don't like yeah. this fight. Weird, weird, weird MMA times we live in. Uh, Remember when Aldo was going to retire last year? Yeah, we all know retirement's are a, a temporary process. <laughs> it's just an extended break. You just go home and take a really long nap. Aldo never even got to that point. He was just like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> um, Woodley Edwards, I'll keep this quick. I don't really have a whole lot to say about this. I do like this matchup, though. I like this matchup. I think it's a good return fight for Woodley. Um, I, I think this is a good... Even though, I, in my opinion, I feel like Edwards, to me, has kind of proved himself already. But there's no other fight that shows that he's not, like, at the top tier of welterweight. Then I guess this will be the fight to show it, that he belongs in that, like, upper echelon. Um I'm just interested to see how Woodley re, uh, rebounds from that Usman fight. Like, we've never really seen... I haven't seen Woodley get beat up that bad since the, the Marquardt <laughs> fight in Force, Which, you know, he, he got pummeled in. But I'm interested to see how Woodley bounces back. But this is a dangerous guy to have a bounce back fight against. Because I think Edwards has a chip on his shoulder. I know a lot of people don't like him, but dude is a really good, <laughs> a really, really good fighter. Um, so I, I like this matchup. I'm, I'm favoring Edwards because I think he might, he'll be able to pressure Woodley. But I'm not going to count Woodley out. Uh, a guy rebounding who literally has his back against the cage. Got to see. We'll see where he's at. We'll, we'll see where he's at. But I, I like the matchup, but I'm, I'm going to lean slightly towards Edwards. Um, yeah, I like this fight. Um, I, I'm picking Edwards just on activity. Um, also, Tyron Woodley. Um, how old is he now? He's like 36. Yeah, no, he's 37. <clears throat> um, you know, we, one, one of the things we've seen with guys as they get older, um, like it, it gets a lot harder to pull the trigger. Um, it gets a lot, like, you know, your body starts breaking down, like, in Woodley's very much a dude who needs to pull that trigger in certain moments of the fight to win. He's not going to be a guy who outworks you. Um, you know, he's only fought twice in the past two years, um, since 2018. Um, he's had injuries, he had the bicep tear in the Damian Maia fight, um, you know, like, like, the big thing to me in the Kamaru Usman fight wasn't that he got out wrestled. It was that like he got no offense off. Like that was one of the most one sided performances I think we've ever seen from um the challenger. Um it, <clears throat> um 
over a five round fight. Probably the most dominant one since um, RDA took it off Pettis. I, I imagine. Um, <clears throat> um, if Woodley can't pull the trigger, like he, the, here's the thing with um, Leon, like he's a great master of range. So unless Woodley is going to walk him down and walk him onto that big right hand, I don't see how you know he wins this. Um, like that—that's always been uh, where Achilles' heel. Like he, he does not handle pressure well. It's how Brian Barbaranda rocked him. It's how Kamar Usman beat him the first time. Um, I don't imagine this is going to be like a super fun, like exciting fight. It's going to be like a—it's going to be a low volume kickboxing match. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, uh, um, unless Woodley just uncorks something that takes Leon Edwards completely by surprise, I don't see how I, I don't see a path to victory from him here. Like maybe he out wrestles him, I don't know, but like I don't think he can do that for five rounds while gassing, or at least I don't think he thinks he can do that with, for five rounds while gassing. I should say because he he fights to conserve all his energy, like he is afraid of. A repeat of the Marquardt fight. <clears throat> I see. He might. Uh, <laughs> he but might I, have to just keep a right hand tucked in the chamber. That that might. I I can, I, I can see this fight going a lot like um the I don't know who was just able to bridge off of like he, he would throw his offense and would you know bridge and just stymie anything that uh, Edwards, uh, not Edwards, uh, Woodley was throwing back at, would want to throw back him, I should say, along the fence, and it just made Woodley, like, he had no idea how to handle it, so I can see Edwards doing something like that, because he's also a guy who likes to bridge off his attacks. Mm. We'll see. Interesting matchup, but I like it. I like it. So kind of uh, for the sake of time, uh, just a quick mention. I really love that Kevin Lee Dubronx matchup. Won't really go into it because of time, um, but not really good matchup and low key. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know, like uh, the fight that a lot of people were hyping for was uh, Lee and um, Makachev, but I kind of actually like this one better. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I think this this matchup is is kind of fire. Um, but moving on. Just some uh some news. Uh, I got a few news stories. Uh, don't got to spend too much time on these, but just a couple interesting notes. Um, Bellator, Mr. Uh, Scott Coker. Uh, because of some things shaking up over at the uh, network uh, between Viacom and CBS, they have some kind of merger or whatever going on. Uh, Scott Coker has a new boss. Why should we care? Because his new boss is a gentleman uh, named, oh, let me get his name right, uh, Steven Espinoza, who yes. is the Showtime Sports uh, president. And as of right now, it seems like this doesn't really mean anything other than Coker has to report to a new boss. Um, but the reason this could potentially mean something in the future, uh, because Espinoza has been involved uh Kind of with MMA in the past, um, according to this 
article that I'm reading uh, on MMA fighting, it's a quick little blurb, uh, Espinoza, <coughs> excuse me, previously has shown interest in overseeing MMA after Strikeforce paired with Showtime prior to acquisition by UFC parent company, company Zufa in 2011, um, but he hasn't really done anything MMA related since then, but him kind of, I guess, having Coker under his, his wing, I guess, so to speak. Um, I don't know. It, it could be something potentially to look out for in the future. Like, as of right now, there's no rumors of a shakeup, nothing changing, but a story to keep an eye on to see if, to see if this, like, goes somewhere for Bellator. I think there's good potential for Bellator if, if Showtime can rein them in, maybe... I don't know, give them a new platform. Just I feel like there's something that could come of this that could be of really good benefit to Bellator. So for MMA fans who don't know who Steven Espinoza is, he is the head of Showtime Sports. <clears throat> or I don't even know if that's the name of the division anymore because they don't really have sports. Well, no, they have... Do they? Are they the ones who do Hard Knocks or is that HBO? Uh, it's just HBO. I want to know. Okay. Okay, but they, they 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 do have like other sports shows. I'm just blanking on the names. I just but point point being, like he's supposed to he's supposedly the guy who was able to get Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao together to get the fight done. Like he's responsible. Like he's the guy responsible for bringing Floyd Mayweather onto Showtime back in the day. Or I say back in the day, but it was like eight years ago. Um, you know, he is responsible for uh, some of the biggest pay-per-views in the history of boxing, or you know, just pay-per-view in general. You know, all the Floyd Mayweather fights, the Mayweather um, Canelo fight, Mayweather McGregor and Mayweather Pacquiao. Um, so he's, he he was also the for I think it's like Gina Carano's former agent. So, I can only see this as a good thing. Um, yeah, and obviously he's not the re- he's not responsible for Floyd Mayweather being the biggest star in uh, in boxing and combat sports. But like, when you're the guy who's able to get the most uh, the like some of the biggest stars together to actually sit down and talk and you know make money, like that's a good thing. Um, I don't know how that will trickle over to MMA. I, I don't know if he's going to look at some of these Bellator cards headlined by like these dudes with door game pay like half a million dollars and our 40-year-old heavyweights and going to be like, okay, you got to cut that shit out. <laughs> Please. <laughs> or if he's going to be like, yeah, no, free show fights. Like I did, McGregor, I did McGregor Mayweather. I, I know all about the free show fights. Let's, let's get this shit done. Um, I, I don't know what's going to be his take on it, but... Um, I, I I'm I'm hoping it leads to better production value on uh, Bellator's end. Like they fucking get rid of a uh, Goldberg and McCartney, McCarthy. Uh, you know, up the up the um. Because I, I can't help but get the feeling that I'm watching like regional MMA when I'm watching Bellator nowadays. I don't know if it's because they do the screen and it makes everything look small, but like. It does feel small. 
Like I, I'm reminded of like the early days of Bellator when they're like doing like the fog machine to hide the fact that there are like fifty people in the audience. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, I'm, uh, I, I for one am excited to see what Espinosa can do to, uh, to shake things up for Bellator. We'll see. We'll see. So keep an eye on this. The CBS have like a streaming service that they're coming out with. Yeah, um, isn't that where like the office I want to say, or is that NBC? I'm pretty sure they do have a streaming service though. Don't quote me on that office thing, but I think they I think they do have one. They have CBS All Access. I knew I, I should remember this because that's where um the WNBA had to deal with last year. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious if they're thinking of putting that on um if if they're if they're going to bring over Bellator and take it off the zone. Though the zone is the whole reason that Bellator is profitable, so I don't know if they would do that. Nah. And uh, moving on to the last bit of news, I won't spend much time on this, but it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> Fabricio Verdun, uh, he's back, or he will be back uh, sooner than we thought. Um, I'm reading this article, give credit, uh, Mookie Alexander from Bloody Elbow. Uh, Fabricio Verdum gets reduced USADA suspension after providing substantial assistance. Um, I'm just going to read this quick <laughs> blurb. You can make of this what you will. Uh, USADA announced today that Fabricio Verdum of Redondo Beach, California, was granted a 10-month reduction in his original two-year suspension. Verdum's period of ineligibility began on May 22, 2018, but was told for a period of time while he was not available for testing and retired. After being reinstated, and with his reduction, his new period of ineligibility is set to expire on April 1st, 2020, which is only a few months away. Uh, Redoom 42 received a reduction from the otherwise applicable period of ineligibility due to substantial assistance under the applicable rules. An athlete facing a period of ineligibility who provides information that leads to the discovery of another violation or which results in a criminal or dis disciplinary body discovering an offense is eligible for a sanction reduction which if you read between all those big words probably snitch on somebody narc do we ever find out who John Jones snitched on no <laughs> nobody knows who John snitched on nobody knows but uh yeah it seems like uh Listen, I, I wasn't in the room. I don't know how it works. Might have been some tattletaling going on. A couple of fingers getting pointed. But, uh, due what to that... What does even train with? Because, like, doesn't he train in, like, Spain by himself? Like, isn't that... Wasn't that his whole thing? Uh... Oh, no, he's at... He's at, um... He's at King's. Ooh. Mm. Ooh, wait, who from King's got busted? <laughs> Y'all better... <laughs> Y'all better start deleting text messages. It's about to get real. About to get real, real over there, man. I, I mean, Diego snitched on um John Jones, so it, it, it is what it is. I guess <laughs> it's it's a free from man. It's ruthless in these streets. All right, so RDA Shogun Wanderlei Vanderlei, uh, blah blah blah. Damn, this is an incomplete list. All right, all right. I, I'll figure it out by the end of the episode. All right, it's, who's, it's... Got, who's got who's got suspended <laughs> recently? But uh, just that was just a quick blurb i thought that was kind of funny but um you know we're doing might be back um i don't know who he fights i'll be honest i'm not like 
too excited at another Verdum fight. But if you see him back, you know why. Uh, and the last bit of news I have, and then we'll just move on to covering the card. Uh, I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, UFC bolstering up their light heavyweight division. Um, they signed Cage Warriors light heavyweight champion um, Modestus Bukaskas, if I'm saying that correctly, and rising light heavyweight champion Jerry Projaska, who uh, gave uh, poor CB Doll away, uh, you know, put him in a coffin. Uh, <laughs> go go listen to our rising recap. You'll you, you, you yeah. get that uh, that recap. But uh, that was sad. Yeah. But, also funny. Yes. <laughs> but bolstering up the light heavyweight division. I'm all for it. Shout out to Jerry Prochaska. Which I guess that means we won't get to see him and Ryan Bader, but eh, it is what it is. And we got the dude who beat him to fight Ryan Bader. Mm. Or wait, did Yeah, no, the guy who um Kaladov. But I like the signs. So see uh what both those gentlemen do. Alright, man. Get on to the reason why y'all are here. Uh, let's, uh, let's get this going, man. UFC 246, McGregor versus Cerrone. Man, you know, a lot of anticipation, obviously, with this fight. Um, so much surrounding this fight. Just Connor with doing God knows what outside of the octagon. Just sexual nothing assault good. cases. Yeah, no, <laughs> nothing oh. good. Can, can we just, b- before we get to the actual fight, I want to talk about how, what's his name was in there with him? What was the guy's name? Um, Tony Robbins? He was? I didn't notice. Yes. So, <laughs> life coach, philanthropist, author, Tony Robbins has apparently been Conor McGregor's life coach for all of 2019. Hmm. Um, and funnily enough, it also means that he, uh, because he was in the cage, it also means Conor McGregor wasn't the only man in the cage who's been accused of sexual harassment in 2019. Uh. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as a time, Nyra may have reportedly, uh, accused Robbins of sexual misconduct, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, BuzzFeed News published a six-part article accusing Robbins of molesting a teenage girl during his time as a star speaker at super camp and elite camp in southern california the article claims the events took place in 1985 when robbins was 25 and there are at least two eyewitnesses so that's who so if you're wondering why connor uh well i'm not gonna put all the blame on robbins but if you're wondering who connor mcgregor returned to in this year of tumult um it was uh, another man accused of sexual harassment so yeah. There you go. But yeah, just a lot surrounding this fight. <laughs> Haven't seen Connor since the Habib ragdolling. Cerrone's been out here, but he's lost, what, two in a row? Um, yes, and oh, I guess we'll talk about the fight now. Fucking bitch about that, I guess. Mm. But, like, this fight was a, ma- a matchup that I think on paper, like, Connor was was supposed to win. I had my reservations just because, like, we didn't know where Connor was at. Like, he has so much going on outside of Octagon. I, you know, MMA is a crazy sport. You never really know what's going to happen. I thought it was a fight that, on paper, Connor should win, but, like, you just never really know. Um, and I, 
it's hard. I, I still feel like after 40 seconds, I don't know how much this fight told me. Um, I'll say, I guess, and it's hard to judge because literally it's just a 40 second sample <laughs> to, to like nitpick from. But I guess just looking at like body language, kind of just, I don't know. Like I thought Connor, he looked. He looked okay. Like, he looked... I felt like in the Habib fight, like, just watching him, it just seemed like he wasn't, like, there. Like, I don't know if, like, the moment was... I don't say the moment was too big, but I don't know. Just something to me seemed like he really wasn't there that fight. And not making an excuse for him. Like, I picked him to lose, and he lost pretty much the way I thought he would. But he didn't look like the Connor, like, who's really, like, super confident and boisterous. Like, he looked... I don't know, he looked off to me. In this fight, I didn't get that. He looked like he was really sure of himself. Um, I thought he like he just he looked okay. He looked good. Um, comes out, straight left. Cerrone ducks it. They clinch. <laughs> Connor throws power shoulders. Um, with like three or four of them. Busts up Cerrone's nose. They break. There's a head kick. Cerrone gets stunned. Connor blitzes him. Game over. And... On one hand, you can say, like, it was a wipeout, which it was. Like, he went in and just kind of bodied Cerrone in literally under a minute. Um, I think he won. Outside, I don't think anybody saw the shoulders being the main (laughs) weapon in the fight. So that was kind of crazy. But I think he did. I think the UFC knew what they were doing when they made this matchup. And I don't want to take away from Connor. I'm trying to like keep my biases aside. Um but he won he won this was a fight he was supposed to win and he won it. Um the shoulder thing is still wild though. I, I can't remember many times I've seen somebody literally get busted up uh with a shoulder. That's a <laughs> that's that's an interesting technique, but hey it worked. Um I, I guess my thing for this fight is when I strip away and like I know it was a moment, people love Connor, whatever, whatever. He wins in first round, and it's 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 sexy. You can put it on the front page and throw it on ESPN, and it sounds great and it looks good. But I'm looking at the big picture, and I'm like, I get it. This is a good moment for him, great moment for him. He looked good, he looked great, but I don't know what this really tells me. Like, I can't judge this performance and say I'm definitely not gonna judge this and say you're ready for the Habib rematch. No. No, I got a dead that discussion before we even get started. He should not be fighting this. This as good as this performance was, this is not a fight that you come back and beat a guy who was on a two fight losing streak and get a title shot off of. Which maybe in today's UFC because that's how we just hand out title shots like it's nothing. But when you have guys like Gaethje in the wing at lightweight, or if you want to stay at welterweight, the Masvidal fight, like. This shouldn't be a title-rewarding performance. But I'll give him credit. Like, this was a fight he was supposed to win. He won it in emphatic fashion. He looked good doing it. Um, but I just I don't know. I, <laughs> I guess I just need to see more. I need to see another fight. Like, you, you beat a guy who you were supposed to beat. Um, now, if, if this was a fight, like, it had this been like a Gaethje fight, or had this been like the Masvidal fight, and he did this Masvidal I'm like, all right, I can't really say nothing, you you know, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say nothing, but 
it was a great performance, but it's just there were other things surrounding this, other circumstances that I'm just kind of like, no, I can't. Great, great job, but you don't get a title shot off this. You should not get a title shot off this. Um, but all in all, I don't want my biases to overshadow. It was a great performance. He 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 dominated from start to finish. It's not not much else to say. Hmm. All right. Um, so I'm I'm gonna take it a little farther than you did. I, I don't even think it was a great performance. Like I think it was a a, a good performance, and I, I I say that in part because in the past six months, well, for starters, this is the fourth time I've seen Donald Cerrone get stopped in the first round, um, in a big fight. Anthony Pettis did it. Um, what's his face did it. Uh, RDA did it also in like sixty six or in like sixty six seconds or whatever. Um, and then not even four months ago, Justin Gaethje did it. Um, oh, wait, I'm forgetting one because Darren Till also did it. Mm. Um, was Darren Till first or second round? Uh, let's go to the record. I want to say first but uh let me confirm uh ramble on it's gonna take me a little bit to <laughs> pull this yeah, up right, pull this trash. so like so like yeah the elbow strikes were impressive but like i i saw donald cerrone's face like swell up and morph like in july and then he fought two months later Landed zero offense basically, and then got knocked out by the most punchable dude in the division. It was first round. First round. Okay, so it's happened a bunch basically. Um, like, so and we've been calling Don Cerrone a good, a, a great stylist and matchup for Conor McGregor since before he beat Jose Aldo. And that was before he got knocked out like six times or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, so the the whole thing for this fight was just like, okay, is Connor still Connor? And it's just like, oh, of course he is. Like, for as bad as the Khabib fight, like, well, not I shouldn't say. Okay, for stars, I thought Connor looked good in the Khabib fight. I thought he looked as prepared for Khabib as he possibly could with his style of fighting. I think Khabib is just a ridiculous athlete, like top five in the sport. And I don't think most people like grasp that grasp that concept because most of the top athletes in our sport tend to look like um like really fluid, solid strikers. Right. And Khabib is not. He's a broken striker who has a very long jab um, and a really awkward two. But, like, in terms of just straight-up speed, explosiveness, and power, easily, easily top five in the sport. Um, So, for me, like, you know, unless all the coke that Connor's been doing for the past year has fucking just rattled his system, which... Of course it hasn't. It's a PED. We've been over this. <laughs> um, 
Like there, there was no reason for him to not come out here and not put the like, you know, put the bricks to um to Don Cerrone. And like I'm, I, and I, I'm not trying to take everything away from him. Like I'm not trying to be like, oh, this was to be expected. But like, I, I don't want to see him fight Khabib off of this. Uh-huh. I, I don't. I don't. Th- I don't look at the Usman fight any differently uh-uh. because of this. I like. I and like the whole. He's like he. He never left. Like. Like. Uh, I, I, it's hard to articulate. Like, like I'm. I'm just. I'm I'm trying to think of like a corollary, but this is this to me this was like if after she got knocked out by um or not yeah after she got knocked out by Holly Holm Ronda Rousey came back and fought like I don't know um Juliana Pena, someone who exclusively exclusively only fights in the clinch and can move coming and like just runs forward at her opponent Mm -hmm. and Ronda was the hitter with a hip throw and then you know arm bar in like 30 seconds all right this this is the equivalent to me it's just like oh yeah you can still do this thing that you could do a year ago but it doesn't show me like it doesn't show me you got better at the places you need to get better to beat the person you want to beat Right. It just shows me you're still good. The thing we knew you were already good at. Yeah. And, and in Connor's case, this is pressure. It's you know fighting out of southpaw, baiting dudes to reach down on him, and then blasting them. He's great at that. He's always been great at that. He's been great at that since before he got to the UFC. It's just like, like yeah, he did what he was supposed to do. I'm. I'm not saying like it's just like the the, the whole entire build up and aura around this fight it just had me completely disinterested because first round KO was how I saw this fight going. So, so you know, call me a hater. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where like it was. You did what you were supposed to do, and I give you props for what you came out. You executed. Shut them down. But you're but it's, also, like, but it's you're not also like, not, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I would say it's not like I can't I can't put you on this pedestal because you won the We gave you a matchup that favored you and you won it. I guess an opponent who has gotten the shit beat out of him in the right. last six months twice. Yeah. So it's like I'm glad to see that you look okay. Like no, you look good. You yeah, look good, but... glad to see that you. Everything seems like it's is clicking, but I have to treat you the same way I treat everybody else. Like, yeah, exactly. You kind of get all this extra attention and like reverence that like we don't give everybody else. Yeah, it's like, bro, you you're still coming off a title loss. We didn't forget that. You gotta gotta go to the uh, the back of the line, and it. I feel like it it would only be different if he was in like <laughs> this was like two hundred five or like heavyweight. I probably wouldn't care, but when you're in a division, be it lightweight or welterweight, 
there's a lot of violent dudes everywhere and a lot of dudes looking to make a name. You can't really just jump the line uh, after this because there are people in both divisions who I think could give you some smoke. And just for once, I would like to see you fight a contender before you go jump into another title shot. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think that's a lot to ask. Like, if you go down to lightweight and you fight Gaethje and you put Gaethje's lights out, I have nothing bad to say about you. Yep, exactly. Nothing. I have nothing bad to say about you. And, and that would be a unique matchup because Gaethje's a great leg kicker, and while he does eat punches, um, like he never tends to go out on the first punch. Right. He, like you got to beat him over the course of the fight. Like, and does does McGregor punch himself out before he actually is able to get around to finishing him? All right. So it's just, I just want to see Conor earn. I just want to see him earn the shot. And I don't think that's asking. We're not putting any extra demands on him. I just want to see you do what everybody else has to do. You came back. You got a good win. Great. Do it again. Again, yeah. somebody who's preferably on a win streak and somebody who, somebody else who's vying for that title shot who really deserves it. And if you can get them out of there, go ahead. Have at it. See, I fight. The fight I want to see is him versus Masvidal. Because I, I I I don't think he'll take the Gaethje fight. Just because, like, Gaethje's just not the name. And, like, if he, I have to sit through another, like, Connor build-up freak show event deal, I'd rather it be against somebody who's going to make it interesting. Mm. As opposed to, like, another Donald Cerrone. And it... It's not like it takes away anything from anybody. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm not exactly over here um, <clears throat> knowing at the bit to get Masvidal versus uh, Usman. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the... I, I'm still kind of 50-50 on who I want to see between him and Gaethje or him and Masvidal. Um, oh, don't get me wrong. If I got in perfect world, I'd love to see McGregor Gaethje. Um... But he, he seemed but, like he was cool with the idea of hanging around at, at 170. Um, I don't know how much that's going to hold true, but if you're going to hang around at 170, there's no better opponent. That's just, that's <laughs> Masvidal on fire as of late. Like, man, he really, really blew up last year. Star. Yeah, huge like. Star. Biggest, second biggest star in the sport, arguably, right now. Right. So that that's a fight that makes sense in terms of. It, that fight makes sense in terms of a lot. Like, it's a name, you get a star. That's a fight that a lot of people would get hyped about. And on top of everything, the, the most important thing, you're getting a very competitive opponent. Like, this is a fight that if you win that and you win it impressively, hey, man, all right, whatever. <laughs> all right, have fun. Go, go, go fight whoever you need to. Um, but, yeah. Good, good performance. He wiped Cerrone out. Uh, Shout-outs to the left shoulder. Um, real quick before we move on to the next fight, which we don't even have to talk about a lot because, my God, did it not give us much to talk about. But <laughs> um, any words or uh, thoughts on uh, – I, I don't know if you saw this on your Twitter or, or anywhere on social media, but uh, <laughs> the fight being a fix. And, y'all, uh, and y'all stupid. <laughs> y'all, y'all stupid. 
Yeah, no. Cerrone lost, and uh, I Fuck get Steven it. Like Smith. Oh, he said that. You know, he was talking shit on Cerrone. Ah. Uh, uh. Like, I'm not even a Cerrone fan, but like, just oh, I'm disgusted with his performance. Like, motherfucker, shut up. Yeah, you're not. You you didn't pay attention to MMA all year. Fucking <laughs> fake ass tough guy. <laughs> Yeah, like, Cerrone just got, I mean, and like you said, like you alluded to earlier, Cerrone's been catching a lot of heat lately in these last couple fights. Like, he's really been catching it. Like, I feel like the only thing far-fetched about this fight is just we haven't really seen people get damaged with shoulders. Like, that was just kind of like, that was just a little different. That was a little out there. But in terms yeah, of just Cerrone just getting blasted, like. That's happened a lot. Yeah, that's happened. He's been, it might not have happened in 40 seconds, but. He's been catching some some slacking <laughs> as of late, you know. It, it, and also, the dudes out here fucking ripping on him for having fourteen losses, who are like boxing fans, be like, "Oh, McGregor be a dude with fourteen losses." Oh, he's so good. It's just like, okay, dudes, like, this isn't boxing. You don't get to fight, um, I don't know, Rod Salka when you're a world champion. Like, when you're a top five dude, you gotta fight other top five dudes, and you know. If you that you do that over ten years, you're bound to lose a lot. Yeah, there's no uh, padding the record with twenty and zero. Yeah, you don't get like this is the UFC. The only person who gets rebound fights is Connor. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else. Yeah, you gotta you gotta earn that keep, buddy. You will mm-hmm. be fighting the the best of the best. Um, but we'll see though. I I I, I guess I'm slightly leaning. I'm not mad at either the Gaethje or the Masvidal fight, but mm-hmm. um. I guess for the perfect storm, if he's going to hang around at 170 and they want another big fight to get people talking, let's do this Masvidal fight. Let's, uh, he, he was out there in his robe. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's make it happen. Connor yeah, didn't say his name, though. I thought that was interesting. Connor didn't, like, call anybody, uh. I heard that he was off put by the robe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> But it is what it is. Um, but shout out to Conor McGregor. He got the win. Uh, power to the shoulder, I guess. All right. Moving on to the co-main event, which we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on because they didn't give us much to talk about. Uh, Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington. Rematch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> A lot of uh, clinch fighting, a lot of pushing against the cage. Not a lot All by that. Holly Holm, not who I expected to be the person to try to do that. Yeah. But then again, that's how she beat Megan Anderson, except she was able to get Anderson down. Yeah, see, I feel like this fight would have been much more interesting if Holm would have at least managed to get some takedowns. But That wasn't even in part of her game plan. She just no. wanted to push her against the cage. That was it. Also... It was- Oh, well, freaking Joe Rogan just capping for Holly Holm super hard on commentary, being like, this is fighting. It's like, no, dude, this is entertainment. He said this is, uh, what was his quote? Uh, paraphrasing, but uh, it might not look great, but this is a mixed martial arts technique. And she's beating her up, and it's just like, no, she isn't. She really isn't. She's putting her against the cage and throwing some knees every so often. Uh, would wouldn't really call this a beating. <laughs> I don't think uh, she lost any teeth. Probably wasn't too bruised up. Uh, might be a little tired, a little winded, but like 
I'm sure Raquel Pennington could like go run like a a five k today if she wanted to. She is yeah. probably not hurting. I guess my only, now, I don't know if her cornerman said this, but I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this. But uh, I don't know. It, just, it sometimes it bothers me when a fight goes like this, and if I'm the losing fight, I'm wondering what like your corner people are telling you, because it's like, bro, at this point, like you're literally just you're getting pushed against the feed and just kind of. I can't even say getting beat up in the clinch. You're not getting beat up. You're just getting slightly outworked, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah. But it's like, bro, you just I do something, something, anything, like <laughs> just something. Just give me something. Like, I don't know, man. It's not a lot of talk about to that fight. It wasn't. If there was one fight you skipped on the main card and went to go take a bathroom break or sneak in a nap, uh, it should be this one. Yeah, that was it. That was it. So, I don't got to spend a lot of time on it. It wasn't really worthy of coverage. Uh, but Holly Holm did get the unanimous decision win. Uh, so, congrats to her. Uh, moving on to the heavyweights. Heavyweight fights are always uh, <laughs> always interesting. Alexi Olenek. That's one way to play it. Yeah, you know. Like Alexi Olenek, Maurice Green. Um, mm, mm. Uh, how, 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 how do you feel about this one? So this is a case study in heavyweights just continually make bad decisions, and that's why most of them are bad fighters. Like, even the, like, I think I once called, like, Stipe is just like, oh, Stipe is arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time. It's literally just because he's not a freaking, like, he doesn't make stupid decisions. Like Maurice Green did. Multiple times. Like, okay, I got this big grappler dude. And all he wants to do is take me down and get me to the ground. It doesn't matter how he does it. He's just going to do it. So when he gets to my back, I'm going to go for this Kimura lock as opposed to trying to break the grip. And then all he does is fall backwards. And then he's on top because he has his leg between my legs. And I don't know what I'm doing. And oh, my God, he's going for an Ezekiel choke. Oh, my God, he's going for a scarf hold. Oh, my God, he's got me in an arm bar. I'm over. It's done. Whatever. It's like, what, what was the plan? Because there were moments in this, like, especially at the start of the second round where he was just like, you know what? I'm moving. I'm fluid. I'm I'm, going to turn him. Anytime he tries to get close, I'm going to hit him. And he did that for, like, a minute. And then he was just like, you know what? Screw that. I'm going to go for this Kimura again. What are you in a scarf hole for, like, the entire entirety of, like, the first round? He was in the scarf hole for, like, the last <laughs> minute and a half of the, th- the first round, which like, was just hilarious. Like, jeez. See, it was weird because it was weird. I, I was really tired around when this fight happened. And I'm kind of mad that my nap happened during this fight and not the Holly Holm fight. I had to go back and rewatch this one this morning. But I was like, man, Green started off decent. He had that leg kick right in the beginning that put Olenek down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> old man legs just gave out on him after one kick. I'm like, all right, Maurice, if you stick and move, you might have a nice little, you know, this might go all right. But it's heavyweight, man. Like heavyweight things are bound to go wrong at heavyweight um i don't know how old maurice green is but is alexi olenic uh, available for a post uh get off my lawn award probably got a couple of those to handle uh, hands out maurice green is 35 i think but then alexi olenic like 50 uh, alexi <laughs> is 
He's uh, won fights in four different decades. Yeah, he's old, man. He's the only <laughs> fighter to have done that, apparently. Yeah, so, no, he he gets a post, get off my lawn award. If you don't know what we're referencing, go watch our, uh, listen to our award show episode. Um, Props to Olenek, though. Like, a guy who is one of those guys that, uh, even though uh, sometimes it's a double-edged sword, I still respect those guys who, when they come in, you know exactly what they're trying to do. It's not a secret. And they still managed to get it off. I mean, everybody knew uh, what to expect when they played AI. You know, they, everybody knew to look out for the crossover, but it doesn't mean he didn't get it. Right. It just it happens. Like Olenek will go in there. You might piece him up a little bit. You'll you'll tag him a couple of times, but he will find a way to close the distance. He'll get you down, and uh, he's going. He's going. He's going to work his game. And yeah. Belly down, arm bar. Yeah. By two hundred. 50 pounds, 40 year old man. Yeah. Old man trance with the armbar. Yep. Yeah. And Maurice Green kind of aided him just playing around on the ground too long, man. Should have been sticking and moving. But, it's hey, a man. Kickboxer. Right. <laughs> I would have thought after that first leg kick, you put the old man down. You literally just should have been sticking and moving. But, but. The, like, he's a. He, he fought in glory. Like you figure, he's like, okay, I got the advantage on the feet. Why? I'm, I'm, I'm not even gonna bother with like submission attempts and like all these other shit. I'm just gonna break the hands if he grabs me, and then go back to kicking him. He's right. like, nope. Uh, going for that Kimura. And at one point, and we get off this. I thought, I think I can't remember if it was during the first or second. I thought he was gonna sweep him with the Kimura. It looked like he had, like he was about to pull it off, and like it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, well, he lost this. Yeah, that's that's over. He is no Sadiq Yusuf. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but shout out to Alexi Olenek, man. Winning fights in four different decades out here. Uh, still, still showing you youngins how it's done. Can't believe uh, he got yeah. submitted by Chelsea. Mm. Yeah. Hate to see it. <laughs> Hate to see it. But congrats to Alexi Olenek, man. Good, great, great win. Nasty submission. Mm. So congrats to you, good sir. Uh, moving on to another fight that ended in a pretty quick submission. Um, over here at Bantamweight, Brian Kelleher versus Oday Osborne. Um, I, I like what Osborne did in the beginning with the, the jumping punch. <laughs> I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. Um, didn't have much highlights after that, though. Um, jumping punch. They landed a few couple strikes after that through like a head kick or something, but uh. They did some nice elbows off his back. Give him that. And then after that, it was over. Yep. <laughs> ended up in the what looked like a very painful guillotine. Um, like Kelleher like put his mind, body, and soul into that one and made made the young man tap out with his feet. Um. Having, don't 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 see that often. Like, literally made him tap out with his feet. Um, can we can we stop putting some of these fight contender guys on main cards? Can we stop trying to like like? I feel like you really cheapen the whole idea of like the Dana Waste Tuesday Night Contender Series when you just give these dudes who are obviously still hella green, 
like top ten fighters, and then they get bounced in the first round. Did you cheapen the quality of your product? But like they're using these dudes as like they're not investments; they are uh, bodies for the grinder. And it's like that kind of ruins the whole point of the contender series. Like you're supposed to be using this show to find like your next big star, just next great fighter, but you still need to build those guys up. Like right, like it shouldn't be that hard to find somebody who wants to fight Brian Kelleher, who's not like. Was this the original matchup or was this like a late replacement? I think this was a. Re- I want to say this was a replacement. All right, so that makes a little bit more sense. But even then, like. Maybe don't put this on the main card. It's, right. Like, this, I, get, I don't I, think I get, this, was this was this an original main card fight? I think this got This was the fight that got bumped up for um for Grasso uh Gadella falling See, off. And that's that's crazy. Like you <laughs> Yousef and Philly definitely Yousef and Philly, or even if you wanted to throw Barbara and, and Roxanne. Shoot. Actually no, skip that. How was Drew Dober and, and Lil Gastelum not? <laughs> there were three other fights that should have. Well, I think their whole thought process was this is going to be on ESPN. It'll do big numbers because Conor McGregor's fighting the main event and all the bars and all the, you know, pay-per-view parties around the country are going to tune in to ESPN before they tune into the pay-per-view. So let's just get as many as these young stars that we, these guys who we think will be stars on the prelims were you know, millions of people see them. Yeah. And then just toss whatever on the main car because it won't matter because everybody's going to buy it anyway. Uh, I get it, but... I mean, I, I'm with you. I would rather, like, if I was buying this card, which I didn't, because, you know... $64, you can, uh... Well, yeah, like... Nah, freaking th- Yeah, no. <laughs> fuck out of here. I'm not freaking paying $64 for... Freaking Conor McGregor's tune-up fight, um, but it, like I understand from the standpoint of if you're a fan and you're paying, you want the best possible fights at the top of the card to justify spending all that money. This was not that. Where is where is? But uh, good good one for Kelleher though. Um, yeah, he so he's, he's back been coming off uh, injury, right? Injuries. He had the loss to um, was it Montel Jackson? And then the loss before that to um, John Lineker, the knockout yeah. loss. So, God, I miss John Lineker. He needs to go to Ryzen. Him throwing soccer kicks would be crazy. <laughs> I forget. Do they allow soccer kicks in one, or is that? Because I remember that was a thing for. A hot it was second. a thing, but I haven't seen it in so long that I'm. I, I'm gonna assume they don't do it anymore. Damn. I can't remember the last time I've seen it. No suplexes, no soccer kicks. The fuck is even the point? Yeah. Nah. Shout out to Ryzen for having like the best rule set. <laughs> Rest of y'all are slacking, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, nah, good, good, good win for Kelleher. That was a nasty guillotine choke uh, in the first round. Uh, but let's let's just chill out on these contender series, guys, man. Let's, let's build them up the way they should be. Don't come out here and get them choked and have them tapping with their feet. But shout out to Kelleher, though. Good, good win, man. Good win. Uh, rounding out the main card, pretty interesting fight. I was looking forward to this one. Carlos Diego Ferreira uh, versus Anthony Pettis. Um, mm. um, that was a <laughs> kick-ass performance from Carlos Diego Ferreira. Yeah, 
that the uh, the push off the cage to mm. get the takedown. Oh yeah, when he did that, I was like, "Oh, Pettis, you in trouble, buddy." Yeah. Like I, yeah, it's it's. Mm. See, like I, I really like this fight for two reasons. Um, like the 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 pressure from Ferreira was the thing that you know took away all the uh, the striking office Pettis. Um, but the way he was able to get him down, like the the thing that goes underappreciated about Pettis is how dangerous he is on the ground. Like that's where most of his finishes come. Um, like, but he's not particularly he's not a particularly good like position grappler. So Ferreira basically just skipped the whole part of making um, of um, you know Pettis being dangerous by going to his back repeatedly. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just like, oh, I'm just going to shoot for this uh, conventional uh, double. He's like, no, I'm going to duck under and get the back and, you know, mitigate having to deal with Pettis' guard game. That, that was a great performance. Um, I, I really hope his leg's okay because I want to see him back out there soon. Um, but we've been on the CDF train for a while now. Um, you know, his, him beating Rustam Kabalov, how he did, and Jared Gordon. Um, who was the last dude? Um, was it was it Makachev? Did they fight? No, it wasn't Makachev. It was um, it was a different Russian dude. Uh, Tysimov, Mirabek. Yeah, Mirabek. So, D- dudes look fantastic. This is his biggest win. This is a big name for him. Um, he's thirty five, so you know the window's closing on a on a potential title fight. And with guys like Conor McGregor hanging around the top of the division, it's always going to be. Hard to guarantee anything for yourself, right? So um, I, I'm I'm happy he got a big name on his resume. So now we, we like, bro, he's got a nice win streak. Dude, yeah, five in like, a row. Uh, over Aben Mercier, Jaron Gordon, Kyle Nelson, Russell Kabalov, Tyson Moss, and Alpetis. That's a night, and that that's dating back to 2016. His last loss was in 2015 against Poirier. And which, if- in a fight, he he was doing really well in the feet. I didn't realize this until I went back and watched it this week. It was like it it, it was one of those um, Max Holloway Poirier situations where par, uh, Holloway was like landing these like nice combinations, and then all of a sudden in the middle of one Poirier cracks him and he just shuts him down. Hmm. It was like that, except he got knocked out. Hmm. It was doing well. It wasn't perfect, but it was damn good work. Oh, he was a legacy guy. Yeah. Hey, go for it, man. I got a root for the Legacy FC uh, alone. Oh, yeah, he looked really good. Like, outside of that one, like, Pettis threw, like, a... He, he caught him with, like, a little three-piece combination in the beginning. But outside of that, he didn't do much because he kept getting his back <laughs> punched against the cage because that's just what happens in Pettis fights. You never learn to pivot. Never yeah. learn to pivot. And uh, Ferreira coming up, like, pressuring but still keeping, like, that leg up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that like off top, like oh, he's he's trying not to get leg kicked and probably doesn't want to get body kicked either. So it was really weird to me that um, Joe Rogan kept saying like oh, I've never seen that before. That's like a marching step. You see that in Muay Thai a lot. Yeah, and Joe Rogan's apparently like a Muay Thai fan, so <laughs> like literally the first thing I thought of when he when I noticed him lifting his leg up, I immediately flashed back to Pettis uh, body kicking. Cerrone into oblivion yeah and i was like yeah he doesn't he he doesn't want that to happen which yeah good on you don't <laughs> you, you shouldn't want that to happen um 
Who would you like to see him fight next? He, he's got a nice little streak going. Um, Hooker and Felder are fighting next month, right? Yeah, I think it's coming up. It should be coming up sometime. Um, I'd like to see him fight the winner of that. Um, maybe Poirier. Poirier decides to come back. I'd be down for that rematch. Um, I would have said Essen Barboza, but Essen Barboza decided to, you know, jump ship to featherweight, so... Uh, they matched up basically all the top uh, 155ers. Um, like at, at this point, he's he's gotten a win streak, especially with a name like Pettis, that he got to start getting some name names now. Like, yeah. the names that he needs to fight need to be some recognizable... I mean, if Justin Gaethje is looking for a fight um, for that... Uh, for the... Because uh, uh, I, I believe, I think they said they wanted he wanted to be on the Tony... Khabib card. Hmm. Uh, I, I'd be down for that. What about uh, since Lee is booked with um, um, the Bronx, the Bronx, Carlos uh, Ferreira Makachev. I mean, I feel like Ferreira deserves a bigger name. Yeah, true. Or the winner of um, or I wouldn't mind the winner of yeah, I wouldn't mind the winner of Felder, and um. Uh, God, why am I blanking? Felder, and, um, Hooker, or the winner of the Du Bronx and um, the Du Bronx Lee fight. Yeah, especially if Lee wins. I mean, if uh, if Ferreira wants to take another fight, I'm down with seeing him fight Makachev because that that's an interesting matchup, contrast of styles. But uh, yeah, no, um, like I, I'm excited for this dude in 2020. Like he is very very good. And he's shown that 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 jujitsu. Uh, don't let him push off the cage on you. Right, like yeah, not not gonna end well. But uh, yeah, I think he's got some good options. But hopefully, the ne- his next fight they do give him a give him a name, man. He's he's definitely earned it. After beating Pettis, that's a that's a nice name recognition on your record. Uh, I feel like it it only it can only go up from there. Um, so yeah, man, great performance from uh, Diego Ferreira. Uh, as for Pettis, I know Pettis is just kind of Pettis at this point, man. I, I think we kind of know just what he is. I think he just he just kind of is what he is. He'll come around. He'll give us some fun fights every now and again. He'll win some. He'll lose some. And kind of is what it is. Sad. Like he could, like. Um. Uh. I read an article by um somebody over at the fight site. God, was it was it Julian Lang? Just talking about like. It, it it basically followed the technical strides that Pettis had made over his career. It's just like there were so many times where it felt like he was going to take that step, and he added things to his game to mitigate the fact that he can't really—he's not really like an angles type of guy. Hmm. But like, there's so there was so much potential for him. Like, there's a dude who I think could, like if. If he had made the right choices back um, around the like the 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 RDA fight, he'd still be like an elite lightweight. But like, he was always looking for a shortcut to get better. Like he the cut to one forty five, um, yeah the 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 like the fact that he just skipped out on so much of his strength and conditioning at the early parts of his career and he, when he got hurt 
Like it just it, it all added up, and it's just like like you could have been so good. And I guess not to diminish because he did make it to the top of the mountain. Like yeah, did, that's the thing. He became a champion, but it's like you could have. It feels like you could have been one of those guys that like. I mean, don't get me wrong. And in totality, he still had a pretty great career. Oh yeah, he said um, absolutely. You, dude was on the yeah. Wheaties box, like right. <laughs> like when you mention the lightweight division, you have to bring his name up at some point. But it it feels like there should be just like more there to his legacy, like. There, there should be, there should be more. But like I said, I guess at this point, man, he kind of just is, he just kind of is what he is. Um, but hope to see him back. And like I said, hope, hope the leg is, uh, the leg is okay. But um, yeah, shout out to Carlos Diego Fajaya, amazing performance. Give, give that man a big fight. He is, he has earned it. Um, boom, that was the main card. Um. Prelim spotlight, which I think there were uh, <laughs> good enough of. Um, shoot, I feel like you can pick two. I can pick two. Um, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, uh, like the entire ESPN prelim slot was great. Um, yeah. Um, I guess off top, I'll I'll, I'll give mine two to um. I'm gonna start with the Dober and uh, Nasrat Hakparas fight. Um. This fight once again proves like how talented this division is, and we've seen Dober over his last couple of fights. Like, dude is really he has been really out here handling business. Like, I was still surprised that he got him he he got Hawkeye out of there so quick. But also at the same time, when I look back at Dober's last couple of fights, it's like he has been really good. Like this ending wasn't super far fetched. I think it's just because a lot of us. Rightfully so, were really high on Hakuras. And albeit it was a, a tough matchup, but it, it seemed like a fight that he could win. And Dober shut him down, man. Hakuras do that. I, I saw your, your rant your, on Tumblr, the blind leg, uh, <laughs> the naked leg kick. Threw the naked leg kick, got blast with a counter. Now he and just he, looked completely off from like the start of the fight. I'm not sure if it's because. Um... Dober was also a southpaw, but like he did not look like he had any idea of like what the distance was going to be for this one. Yeah, and then like when he did engage, punches were kind of wild. Um, but yeah, Dober counted him, put him down. Um, not saying it's over for Hawk for us. You got like it's the lightweight division, bro. You're going to take a loss. Like everybody's too good. Um, but that's a great win for Dober. Um, Beating a guy who a lot of people really high on. I can't remember what the odds were in this fight, but I know Dober was a was an underdog and he went in there and really got it done. It looked really good doing it. Um, so definitely props to Drew Dober. That was a really good good win, good victory, good finish for him. Um, gotta give a shout out to man. Uh, shout outs to who I want to get my. You know, I, I'm gonna do the Sadiq Youssef fight and Andre Feely fight only because we were in the group chat talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Stokes, man. Stokes, I wanted to believe in Philly, man. Like the way the first round played out, albeit you could just see like Sadiq is just a crazy athlete, really strong, hits really hard. Um, hey, he's a scary guy, man. That's a scary dude in there. Um. But when I, um, I'm seeing Sadiq 
land good shots and he's probably winning the round but the look the the bits and pieces that i'm seeing for philly like oh he's able to push him up against the cage he's getting takedowns even though like the takedowns aren't leading to anything like crazy substantial i'm like this we he's making yousef work and i'm like if if philly can keep this up and just just make him work he might be able to find an opening you know late in the second or come the third round um but it just <laughs> you know second round comes philly just kind of got handled the second round didn't have a lot going on but he rebounded great in the third man uh it, it seemed like yousef i don't know if it was a thing to where he was tired or if he thought he was winning the first two and just kind of coasted but either way like philly came alive in the third round um was able to get a lot of good offense off on yousef but it was kind of a too little too late kind of thing but ah i thought philly i thought <laughs> i thought philly was going to be able to outwork him and maybe squeeze like a decision off but um yes i'm sorry Stokes. i jinxed that fight i, I thought I, I thought i had a vision i thought philly was going to get it done and he came up just short but uh sadiq youssef um still out here man it's a scary dude um I'm still and I'm still not sold on the idea of him being a champ. That's just me. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Yeah. Um, I think he has a lot of good tools, but I'm still not. He's winning, and that's good. And uh, I think a Feely win, that's a good win because Andre Feely has been improving. He's been really good as of late. So this is still a quality win. And Yusef has, he's been pretty impressive in pretty much all of his performances. So I don't want to take anything away from him. But I think for me, he's going to be one of those guys that, in terms of calling him like a champion, I'm just going to have to see it to believe. It. All right. Um, I, I, I'm kind of curious how he handles the pocket with somebody who's just not going to be knocked out, or or like because like Feely here was whenever he got touched, like his whole entire body was just rocked, um, even on the jab. So I'm kind of curious, like like because. Philly hurt him in that first round. Uh, rocked him, like, really hard uh, um, with an extended sequence in the pocket. Um, and, I, 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 and and we saw him, like, just completely, like, slow down in that third round and get pieced up by Philly. So I'm kind of, um, I'm, I, like, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not completely sold on him as, like, a future champion. Uh, apparently, he wants to go up to 155 because the weight, like, he is a big dude. Mm-hmm. So um, it would not surprise me to see him uh, move up to 155. Where he, I, I don't know if his power will carry, uh, probably, um, but he, he, I think it'll loosen him up a little bit. I, I think he's a little stiff uh, on the combination punching side, anyway. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have to put as much behind everything, um, so. But yeah, solid performance. Um, I didn't expect the grappling. Uh, yes, that was yeah. good to see. Yeah, that, that was good to see. Well rounded. Or, you know, I'm I'm still on my uh my my fuck Lloyd Irvin vibe. So, um, I'm I'm happy that um, him his fa- uh him his immediate family got some uh, got citizenship though. So yeah. props him for that. And I'll say last thing on the grappling. I'll um, cause I wasn't sure how dimensional he was as a fighter so the grappling for me did kind of put the rest like all right he he's pretty confident everywhere so i'll 
I'll, I'll nick that criticism in the bud. Not saying like he's like an elite grappler, but that part of his game is clearly there, and it's, it looks like it's pretty solid. So he, he has a bright future, I think. I just just want to see a little more. Just want to see a little more. Um, but I'll, I'll let you handle these other uh, <laughs> these other two. Yeah. So um, Roxanne Mata Furry, uh, she is out here, and she is just. Uh, snatching the wigs off these young 145, uh, 125ers. Um, I, I, I said coming into this fight, I said when they made this fight, I am not so that Macy Barber is better than Paige Van Zandt. Mm. In fact, she might be worse than Paige Van Zandt. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, she, she hurt her knee, obviously, in this fight, but she's, uh, that first round was not a ringing endorsement. Um, and we'll get back to the knee, and we'll get back to the the doctor, <laughs> uh, the doctor in a second. But Roxanne Modafferi takes an unanimous decision over Macy Barber. Um, just absolutely pieces her up on the feet, um, takes her down, spends most of the first round on top of her. Second round, uh, same deal, except. This time she jabs Macy Barber and Barber collapses because it looks like her left knee just folds in on itself. Um, spends the entire round basically on the bottom. Third round, a lot of the same. Mata Ferry bloodies her up, takes the new minutes decision win. Um, Barber probably tears her ACL and probably is going to be out for a while. Um, like... I saw a lot of people saying why we, or a lot of fighters in particular. Particularly, I saw a lot of Rufus Sport fighters, uh, Mike Rhodes, and uh, what's the other dude's name? Uh, crap, I forgot his name. But go, uh, you know, complaining to like uh, MMA media that a fighter with a torn ACL would not want the fight to end. But it's not about what the fighter wants. It's about making sure that the fighter is able to go back out there in, like, six months and, you know, fight for a living as opposed to sit on the shelf for a year and a half like Ketlin Vieira had to do. Um, so, you know, you might have just shortened her career uh, by not by having her go back out there for that third round. And can we talk about the doctor real quick? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so at, at the beginning of the third round, the referee calls the doctor into the cage um, and has him check Macy Barber's knee. She's standing up, by the way. So, like, it's not, like... I, I, I have to agree with Joe Rogan on this. I think this only happened because Macy Barber's a woman. I, I don't see them calling the doctor in at the beginning of the round uh, to check the knee for, like, male fighters. Um, and the doctor forces Barber to sit down, and he examines her knee for, like, a second. And it's like, she has a partial knee tear. It's fine. And it's just like, dude, are you are you an MRI machine? <laughs> just, just like complete diagnosis and everything. Macy Barber gets taken down and screams in pain because of how bad her leg is. So, if if he is an MRI machine, he's not a particularly good one. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that ever. Yeah. In any combat sport in any kind of like I've never seen that. Yeah, that was some um woof. Woof. Yeah. And it's like for her coin like, if this was like a title fight, I could see it like, all right, title fight, you don't know how often he's come around. You wanna go out on your shield. Alright, man, whatever. 
Do what you do. This ain't no title fight. Probably not even really a contender fight. It was probably no need for you to see a, a second and third round. Like, it's like at some point, man, you just got to cut, cut your losses. It sucks. It really sucks. But you just got to live to fight another day. And not saying she's not going to fight another day, but it's just... Like, thank God she wasn't fighting somebody who was really attacking that leg. Mm-hmm. Because that could have gotten a lot worse. She's lucky Montefiore was really just trying to take her down and work her. As opposed to, I'm going to make you stand up on this knee that's busted. I'm just going to kick you in it. And God knows what else, how how, how much worse that could have gotten. But it's like, hey, y'all could have pulled Macy out of there, man. Y'all could have pulled Macy out of there. But, uh, now, like you said, Roxanne gets the uh, the honorary uh, Get Off My Lawn Award. Yeah. Because <laughs> this was a prime example of kicking somebody off the lawn. Like, I, I scale one to ten. How upset do you think the USC is with Roxy? Because this is the second time in like a year that she's done this. Because she did it to um to Antonia Shevchenko, and to Nina Shevchenko. My bad. Um, like it's funny. The only ones who've been able, like the only young flyweights who have been able to beat Roxanne were Sajara Eubanks and Nico Montano, and now neither one of them are at flyweight. Mm. Yeah, so. Look at Roxanne out here ending careers. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for her though, because like she's been fighting for 17 years. Yeah. Like she has been like she fought Terra La Rosa when Terra La Rosa was like the pound for pound best fighter on the planet. She fought right. um, Laura Gus, who was the pound for pound best fighter on the planet. She fought Marlos Conan um, twice, beat her once I think, or did she fight her twice? Or am I making that up? No, I think she beat her once. Uh, I mean, I think Conan beat her. Uh, no, they fought twice. I'm not crazy. Okay. Um, she fought, um, you know, Shayna Baszler when that meant something back in the day. Uh, Jennifer Howe, Megumi uh, Yabushida. Like, she's fought a lot of people who, like, if you're a moderate, if you're an MMA fan who only came to sport in the last couple of years, or even if you were a fan back then, you probably don't know who they are unless you were following women's MMA. Like, she has been around. It's great to see her, like, finally get some recognition. They snubbed her on the bonuses, though. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Like, there were a lot of impressive performances last night. I, I, I hope she got something to the table. I hope so. Yeah, she could have got perform. She could have got a performance bonus. For people who don't know, performances performance bonuses went to uh, Connor, Olenek, uh, Kelleher, uh, Fahea, and Dober. Like she could have won there, especially considering the underdog she was. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, a... that's the other thing. Why the fuck was she so, like? I, I, I mentioned on last week's podcast. I think I posted on Tumblr before the fight. I was like, I could see Roxanne Modafferi winning the first half of this fight, and then Macy Barber just deciding to go ham and then knocking her out. Because that's how Macy Barber fights go, where she just loses, and then she's like, "Oh wait, I'm a better athlete," and then she wins. But like. There was no doubt in my mind Roxanne was a better fighter. And huh. and for all for all the um you know, the mileage she probably has on her body from like almost two decades of fighting, she's rarely been knocked out, like ever. Like Sarah Kaufman did it. Um 
Jessica Rakosi did it, but even that was like a trite of, and it was on tough, so it didn't really count, as we all know. Um, so like, yeah, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little confused by that. I think a lot of people were buying into Macy Barber just because they hate Paige Van Zandt and her. Oh, so how that turned out? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Props to Roxanne. Um, just absolutely dominant performance. Um, you know, I hope we see her back out there this year. Um, next up, Askar Askarov, Tim Elliott. Mm. I cannot believe they tried to get rid of this fucking division. Because it has just been nothing but bangers as of late. Um Askar Askarov takes a unanimous decision over Tim Elliott. Um, he also knocked him out for like half a second. Bro, he was dead. <laughs> that, man, that man was dead. <laughs> dead and alive at the same time. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Free. Like, so, I, I haven't seen much of Askarov's... Um, pre-UFC run and like the uh, the only parts of the Brandon Moreno fight I really remember are him and uh, on the ground trying to control Moreno so I didn't expect him to come out here and just box the shit up out of Tim Elliott who admittedly has always been one of those guys who's very hittable on the feet he's just really awkward um but he hit him with a three piece uh-huh. that uh it looked like he died for a second. Like he, like his body went stiff. Uh, uh, the jab uh, was a jab cross hook combination. His body went stiff. Like it looked like he was about to fall backwards, and through sheer force of will alone, he was able to stand <laughs> up. Uh, and Askarov got him down and uh, basically stalled. Like I'm not gonna say they stalled out, um, but Tim Elliott was doing this weird thing from half guard where he was like reaching over um Askarov's back and grabbing his own knee to like break his posture so he could recover which he did um much more competitive second round Tim Elliott hit three separate like um sweeps like hip tosses on Askarov who had no answer for them <laughs> he got up the first two times um and proceeded to beat Tim Elliott up on the feet, but uh, the third time, Elliot was able to keep him down um, for the rest of the round. Most of the rest of the round, anyway. Um, third round was Tim Elliott, clearly gassed and beat up, marching down Askarov, who was also clearly tired, maybe not gassed, um, and Askarov punching the shit out of him, while Elliot just put his hands on his hips and gasped for air. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's long live flyweight. Long live this division. The the that fact piece was crazy. That was uh, that was so quick too. Like I don't even think I realized he got hit when he would got when he was right. It was so quick. It was weird because like his body was hunched over, and it was like his soul was about to leave his body, and like he grabbed his soul and was like, "No, we're not done yet." <laughs> Like, we have to go back. 
He was yeah. definitely pronounced dead for like a good three yeah, seconds. Prop, props to Elliot, man. He is tough as shit. Like, but, oof. Askarov. What a way to make get your first win in the UFC. Hey, man. Brandon Moreno's fighting juicy, right? I think so. Nah, I'm, I'm just saying, they should have ran that fight back. They, they could have ran that fight back. Uh, Askarov looks like he might have some promise. Like, there's... It's a lot of good tools there. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of good tools there. And oh yeah, long, long live Flyway, man. Flyway has been, been showing out. Bring back Dustin Ortiz, damn it. That. Oh yeah, he is gone. That makes me sad. Like he's. Mm. He he was just starting to hit like his peak when right. he bounced. So when they cut him anyway, I should say. <sighs> sad stuff. Um. Yeah, but that that's it from the UFC ESPN prelims. I I, yeah. I don't want to really talk about Kumir versus Ledet. Nah, uh, I'll just read the results real quick and uh, we'll move on. I, I didn't see any of the fight pads, so I can't speak on them. But uh, just a quick recap of the prelims: uh, Roxanne uh, Montferry unanimous decision over Macy Barber. Sadiq Youssef unanimous decision over Andre Feely. Asker Askarov, uh, unanimous decision over Tim Elliott, and Drew Dober uh, via TKO over Nasrat Hakparas. Um, and then the fight pass prelims uh, was e- Alexa Kamer versus Justin Ledet. Uh, Kamer won via unanimous decision. And the fight that I was actually really looking forward to and get, didn't get a chance to watch <laughs> uh, at Women's Flyweight, uh, Sabina Mazo got a split decision over J.J. Aldridge. I saw some people who were questioning that decision but i didn't watch the fight so i can't really speak on it it, it was a contentious one at that it, it, it was a very competitive fight it, it was a t- it was a tale of two fights first half of the fight Aldrich won second half of the fight mazo won hmm. came down to the second round so there we go that was uh ufc 246 um like as a card it was good i just as a pay-per-view odd yeah <laughs> but <laughs> You know, as just, just as an overall just experience of just watching it, I had a pretty good time. Like, really, the only black eye on this card for me was the home and uh, uh, Raquel Pennington fight. Like everything else, I was I was pretty entertained. Like the prelim started off with heat. We got Drew Dober and and Hawk Cross out the gate, and Dober shocked us all with the TKO. And I feel like the card pretty much kept the steam going from there. Like Elliot and Askarov was crazy. Sadiq Youssef was as good as I think. A lot of us hoped it would be. Um, Roxanne went out, kicked the youngin off the lawn. Like the car had really good momentum, carried over to the main car. Diego Fajaya, uh, great submission over Pettis. The Kelleher fight, which I didn't really wasn't like hype for, but great finish. Uh, heavyweights, I'm always iffy on, but I, I, I found some entertainment <laughs> in this fight, so it was cool. Home and Raquel Pennington was a snoozer. Uh, but McGregor and Cerrone closed the show out. Cerrone got him out of there in under a minute. I mean, uh, McGregor got him out of there in under a minute. Um, it was a good card. Like, $64 worth? Nah. But as a just an overall experience of just watching it and just enjoying fights, I had a good time. It was a good time. Um, so that was uh, that was UFC uh, 246. Um, well, being as the announcement I made... Um, won't hear from us next week, but that doesn't mean that you still shouldn't uh, watch uh, the fights and things that are going on. Uh, so what we got next week, uh, boom, 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 we got uh, Curtis Blades and Junior Dos Santos that's going down on the 25th uh, over there in Raleigh, North Carolina. 
Uh, so you have uh, Blades versus Dos Santos. You got Rafael Dos Santos versus Michael Chiesa. Jordan Espinosa versus Alex Perez. Angela Hill versus Hannah Seifer. Who else is on the card? Bavon Lewis versus Daquan Townsend. Uh, Justine Kish versus Lucy Pudilova. Uh, Montel Jackson, who we mentioned earlier, is fighting Felipe Diaz Corrales. Uh, Brett Johns versus Tony Gravely. Herbert Burns versus Nate Landwehr. Arnold Allen, Nick Lentz. Oh yeah, Arnold Allen, Nick Lentz. Couple of, couple of solid fights on there. So that's uh, that's going down on the twenty fifth. Definitely looking forward to Blaze and Dos Santos. I'm I'm scared for Dos Santos. I don't want to see him get taken down and mauled. So, well, too bad. <laughs> Let me dream. But it's hard because I like I like both of them, man. I like Blaze. I like Blaze, but like Dos Santos is probably like my favorite heavyweight like ever. So I just I don't want to see him get uh get uh get handled. But also on that same day, uh, also on the twenty fifth over at Bellator, uh, Bellator two thirty eight, uh, got a pretty pretty big card going on. Uh, Chris Cyborg versus Julia Budd for the women's featherweight title. Also uh, continuing this tournament, uh, Darian Caldwell versus Adam Borix. Uh, Sergio Pettis making his Bellator debut against Alfred Kashkayan. Uh, Henry Corrales versus Juan Archuleta. That should be a dope fight. Uh, Ava Knight is back fighting Emily Geddes. Uh, Aaron Pico is returning against Daniel Carey. Um, a couple other... Oh, God, the name that I shall not mention. He's on this card. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, Curtis Melendez back in Bellator fighting Moses Moreta. That should be fun. And Raymond Daniels back again on Bellator fighting Jason King. And, um, and Ava Knight. Former uh, women's boxing world champion. Yeah, so a lot going on, man. That card's actually pretty good, man. That's a pretty. It's uh, a pretty interesting card. Um, yeah. A name that stood out to me that I didn't realize was like still around. Brandon Bender. Do you remember Brandon Bender? Uh, let me take a peek at this record. So Brandon Bender was a guy who went like 10 and 0 at bantamweight and was like supposed to get into the UFC, but he was fighting in like Gladiator Challenge, and his only good win was Jared Papazian. No, say that that was the one name that stood out on this record. Yeah, and then he disappeared in 2014 for God knows what reason. I'm assuming because he realized fighting was stupid, and then um, he came and for whatever reason he decided to come back six years later. Yeah. I mean, fair to him, I guess. Well, at least you know he might be a little older, but his body's probably you know, yeah, not not accumulating damage over the years. So, um, no, nah, that's that's a really good Bellator card. Yeah, that's a solid. That's a really solid card. I don't know if it's twenty dollars a month, good, but you know, if you have the zone, you are inclined to it. Yeah, I'll be watching it. Um, there's also a crush card next week for all you J kickboxing fans. Uh, crush hey. 110. Uh, Gonapar versus Takumi Yokoyama is the main event. I'm not even going to bother with the undercard because I went through it earlier. I didn't recognize a lot of these dudes. Um, yeah, so uh, go if you're looking for some kickboxing next week, that's going to be happening. And over on Showtime... Uh, Danny Garcia. Yeah. Um, he's gonna be fighting Ivan Redcatch. Does that do anything for you, Sensei? Uh, 
I mean, like, if it's Owen, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those fights that I'm going to forget about until, like, I get on Twitter and, and, and then I the see one somebody boxing account it. is like, yeah, Danny Garcia is walking out to the ring. And right. And I'll be like, hey, you know what? All right. I might, I might turn over to a couple seconds, see what's going on. Yeah. But um, uh, that card also has Stephen Fulton versus uh, Arnold Kege uh, as uh, the IBO Super Bandway Championship is going to be on the line. Jared Hurt, Francisco Santana, um, and that's basically it. Basically anything anybody would care, should care about, I should say. Um, so, you know, there's, there's some stuff. The year is starting to pick up again. Everybody's back from uh, Christmas and New Year's and Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, so. Yeah, fights are getting, getting back in full swing. Holidays are over, so, you know, time to, time to kick it back in full gear. But uh, yeah, man. That's uh, what's up coming next week. That's pretty much it for uh today's episode. Uh, I'll close out with uh fight recommendations before we get out of here. Um, mine. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this fight on this podcast before. I've watched it 99 times. This morning was the hundredth time. <laughs> My fight recommendation. A classic. If you're not, if you're an MMA MMA fan and not a boxing fan, you should watch this fight. It's amazing. Uh, Diego Chico Corrales, R.I.P. Chico. Uh, Diego Corrales versus Jose Luis Castillo. I'm referencing the first fight because they fought they fought twice. I want to say, right? Yeah, yeah, they fought twice. Um, but yes, sorry. Amazing fight, man. Just one of those fights that's just. Once you cut it on, it's hard to stop watching. It's it's just such a good, just like it's like a movie fight, like back and forth. And one one of the things that really stood out in this fight to me was um, aside from the tenth round, which was like legendary, um, there was a lot of good um, kind of like phone booth fighting, where they were both just like in really close quarters. And kind of like that clinch distance, but they're not clinching. Like, we just going to lean forward in this little two-by-two two booth, and we're just going <laughs> to we're just gonna trade. And it was just back and forth, man. They both rocked each other numerous times. The 10th round, uh, Chico got dropped twice, I think, um, and got a point deducted for a low blow. So it was like he had no choice but to come back and win the fight because the the tide of the fight completely changed ends up getting a finish in the 10th round one of the best fights you'll ever watch it's just I, every so often i just go back and watch it cuz it's just it's just amazing that that fight is if i made an all-time fight list it's it's in my top probably top 3 like that that fight is it's so good it's so good um but Fight recommendation, man. Diego Corrales versus Jose Luis Castillo. Uh, the first fight. Yeah, that is an amazing fight. Um, uh, I'm going to go boxing, too. Uh, Timothy Badley versus Ruzlan. Um, God, I always fuck up his name. Ruzlan Pradnikov. Prod, yeah, uh, Pravodnikov. Um, so, uh, Bring Magazine and Boxers Writing Association of America's Fire of the Year in 2013. Um, oh, God, I, I don't even know how to describe it, man. Just go watch it. It's a, 
Ruslan Pravodnikov is not going to go down as one of the greatest boxers of all time, but dear guys, like this, this is a man who's been in some wars, people. Um, if you haven't, if you haven't seen any of the fights from uh, his career, go watch some of them. They are, they are not for the faint-hearted. This, this dude went out on his shield and he gave Timothy Bradley everything he could handle and more. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was a great fight. There you go. Do your boxing homework. Also, shout shout out to um, how do you pronounce this dude's name? Ali Radarek, uh, uh, at Radarek Boxing on Twitter. Dude's been posting like threads of like gifts of like famous boxing matches, and like they are so many good, like just such like good like good old technical breakdowns and stuff of like the stuff going on in the gifts, like great stuff. Go follow him if you haven't already. There you go. That was uh, UFC 246. Fight recommendations. All that good stuff. Um, like I said, man, guys, uh, I'll be releasing uh, another episode at some point this week. Uh, you know, explaining the, uh, the future of the podcast and how the uh, eventual wind down will happen. But just to reiterate, um, after this episode and the episode of me explaining things, uh, we'll be on a, a little hiatus until basically just covering pay per views from here on out. So you'll hear from us again for Jones Reyes. Uh, you'll hear from us again for uh, I'm blanking out already. <laughs> what the other pay per view? Uh, uh, God. Oh, uh, Adesanya and uh, Romero. And then you'll hear from us again for Habib and Tony. God willing, again, knock on all the wood you can that that fight happens. Um, and then after Habib, Tony, we'll plan a special closeout final episode. Um, and then that'll, that'll uh, be the end of our, our run. Um, but, you know, we'll get there when we get there. Try not to be too sad about it now. But, uh, just wanted to brace you guys so you know it's coming. So when episodes stop uploading, you don't think like, oh, we just quit. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, <laughs> we just up and, you know, we just flipped the desk and we just left. But, uh, nah, so just just wanted to brief you guys on that. But like I said, second episode coming this week, I'll go a little more in depth of things. But, um, yeah, that was it for uh, UFC 246. Uh, any quick uh, closing thoughts before we get out of here? Um... No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just reiterate, man. Uh, don't know what's going on with Robert Whitaker, but prayers, best of luck, best wishes. Uh, uh, prayers for Australia in general. Yeah, yeah. Going, going through a lot over there. Going, going through a whole lot over there. So, hope everybody's good, man. Couldn't, couldn't imagine. But um. Oh, hope everybody's good over there. Prayers and thoughts to, to everybody in Australia. But uh, that's all we got for today, man. Thank you guys for uh, listening. Make sure you post, share, do all that for this episode. Uh, and we will catch you guys next time when uh, John Jones and Dominic Reyes are in there throwing leather. And I'll see if uh, see if Reyes can, uh, can pull it off. But... That's all we got for today's episode, man. So as always, you can give this podcast a listen. SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, 
Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all various other streaming platforms. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. Uh, hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast, Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page and the Instagram page. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei, and you can follow uh, Antakul on Twitter at GC Zeus. That is all we got for today. See you guys uh, next month. So as always. Anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.